Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 293 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. O Lord, you are the great I am. You are almighty God. May we come under your authority and learn more about you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 26. We read about a woman who poured expensive perfume over Jesus' head in preparation for his burial. Of course, controversy arose, but Jesus quieted it down. God sent this woman to prepare Jesus for his burial. And again, we see God in the details. He is in all the details of our lives as well. Then we see Judas approach the chief priests. In verse 15, he said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? And they weighed out for and paid him 30 pieces of silver, about $21.60. And from that moment, he sought a fitting opportunity to betray him. This is an interesting story that shows us how sin works. First, there is the temptation. And then the question arises, what are the benefits? The decision is made and then the sinner cannot quit thinking of sin. Jesus taught us to pray against temptation in the Lord's Prayer, and soon in this chapter, he tells the disciples to pray against temptation while they were in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let us actively pray against temptation and lean into the Lord who can help us avoid it. Jesus holds the first communion, and he knew Judas will betray him. The Lord knows our sins before we commit them, yet he still forgives us. I am surprised that Jesus allowed Judas to partake of this sacrament. May we follow his example of loving so purely. As Jesus knew his time was coming to an end in a horrible death, he took time to praise God and offer his body to his disciples as the bread of life to be eaten in remembrance of him. He did the same with the wine being symbolic of his blood that was about to be shed. Even though his painful fate was arriving soon, he still praised God and gave him thanks. When our lives become desperate, let us follow Jesus' example of praise and thanksgiving. He will supply even this as we ask of him. Jesus walks toward his accusers, toward the painful torture and death that awaits him. Most of us would have run as the disciples did, but he walked toward the mission that he was given. He knew God would send legions of angels to protect him if that was what he wished, but he held fast so the scriptures would be fulfilled through him. May we praise him today. Let's see what we can learn in Hebrews chapter 7. The author compares the Levitical priests to Jesus. We understand from reading the Old Testament that the Levites were chosen by God to serve him, receive tithes and offerings, and offer up sacrifices to the Lord. The responsibilities were passed down from one generation to the next as they lived under the law given to Moses. However, verse 19 says, For the law never made anything perfect, but instead a better hope is introduced through which we now come close to God. That new hope is Jesus, although Jesus' lineage was not through the Levitical tribe. He has become the high priest who saves us all. Verses 22 and 25 say, In keeping with the oath's greater strength and force, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better, stronger agreement, a more excellent and more advantageous covenant. Therefore, he is able also to save to the uttermost, completely, perfectly, and finally for all time and eternity, those who come to God through him, since he is always living to make petition to God and intercede with him and intervene for them. The Old Covenant served the people for about 1,500 years, but Jesus offers a new covenant. He is our guarantee. 
He is always interceding on our behalf. The blood he shed and the death he experienced cover us in our sins today and forever. And he petitions the Father on our behalf, asking for good things for us. He feels our pain and sorrow and comes quickly to our aid. He saves us every day of our lives. May we be grateful for his sacrifice and praise him today. Let's see what Jeremiah is prophesying in chapter 29. Jeremiah wrote a letter to the leaders and priests who were in captivity in Babylon. He encouraged them to live peacefully and pray for their captors. He also encouraged them to live fruitful lives, get married, raise children, plant gardens, and multiply themselves. The people likely thought their time was short in Babylon because of the false prophet's lies. However, God plainly told them their captivity was going to last 70 years. He tells them he will keep his promise to them and return them to their land in Jerusalem. And then we read the all-popular verse, verse 11, which says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. We see they were going to be in captivity for seven decades, but God's ultimate plan for them was good. May we know that his plans for us are good too. We may be in a season of drought, sadness, grief, or loneliness, but the Lord has good plans for us. His final outcome for us is good, just as it was for the Israelites. As we read further, the Lord's goal for his people will be done. They will seek him and find him if they search for him with all their hearts. Verse 14 says, I will be found by you. May we seek the Lord with all our hearts. We will find him as we seek him. Jesus said the same thing when he walked this earth. We can trust in him. We also read about the people who remained in Jerusalem. Nothing good will come to them. Maybe the ones in Babylon thought the ones left in Jerusalem were better off, but that couldn't have been farther from the truth. God is sending war, famine, and pestilence to them. So the people taken to Babylon were in better shape than those who were left at home. Then God calls out two prophets, Zedekiah and Ahab. These two men were named after kings, but they were false prophets. Because they have led everyone to believe wrongly, they will be killed by Nebuchadnezzar. Last, there was a false prophet named Shemaiah who wanted Jeremiah quieted down. He wrote to the priest Zephaniah and asked why Jeremiah had not been dealt with yet. In turn, God told Jeremiah to prophesy against him. He and his whole family will be punished and they will not live to see God's goodness. God is almighty. He sees and knows everything. May we walk according to his will and not our own. In chapter 30, Jeremiah is directed to write this prophecy down. God saw the people's disgrace and uncomfortable situation, and he gives them hope. He tells them there will be a day when they are no longer in captivity. Then he talks about a time that no one will like, and it will be the time of Jacob's unequal trouble. In the end, God's people will be saved. Some Bible scholars believe God may be talking about the end times here and God's promise to save them. Although there is hope here, God also tells them that their sins are innumerable, which is why they are in the situation they are in. Ultimately, their adversaries will be taken out and God's people will be healed. In verse 22, he says, Then you will be my people and I will be your God. God's ultimate plan will be for his glory. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 112. This psalm describes the person who reveres and worships the Lord, the one who lives according to God's commandments. He will be blessed be prosperous. Light will rise in the darkness. It will be well with him. He will not be moved. He will not be afraid. He will have faith and trust in God. These are all wonderful things that result for the one who reveres and worships the Lord. May we all give God the reverence and worship he is due. Let us pray. 
Oh Lord, thank you for sending your son to save us from our sins. Thank you for your perfect plan for your people and for us. Keep us seeking you, Lord. Keep us yours through eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.